0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and we're doing the intro a little bit different today because we have a very special guest, Chris Peterman. 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento beat joins me right now. Not later. Chris, we have a special guest.
2: A a pretty special guest, like way up there on the list of guests we've, we've had.
1: Yeah, I think. um, Like eventual 49ers hall of famer, not presently a 49ers hall of famer, but certainly on his way. Um, Where would you rank him? If you had to rank them, 1 2 where would you rank our guest with Joe Staley? Yeah.
2: I mean that's <laughs> I, this could get back to Joe so I don't want to I mean
1: that's it it's Joe too. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: have we said it? We haven't said his name,
1: have we? No, we haven't. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean if you're if you've downloaded this it, we've probably put it in the yeah in the name of the episode, but it's Patrick Willis. And like honestly you know, you get, you get guys for interviews and like, you're not always entirely sure, like if they're going to give you great stuff. Um, I genuinely believe that Patrick Willis just gave us like 40 minutes of just phenomenal stuff. And I'm really excited for people to listen to the episode because I think we hit on a lot of like the, the key points. Um, and he was just really honest about his retirement and teammates that he had that he liked uh, and that he sort of grew up with in the NFL and, um you know it was just a a really a really good conversation with pat who's one of the nicest guys out there and um and you know his his post nfl career has been unique right like he's not Mm -hmm. a dude who pours over football and watches every game and you know critiques every guy's he's he's he, he keeps football at arm's length like he he still likes to watch and and you know he has a relationship with fred warner a little bit but he's not a dude who's you know always around and always um i don't want to say in you're the spotlight see, but he's you're he's not going to see the
1: Patrick Willis film breakdowns anytime soon
2: right right so it was just it, he's got a really unique and i think um grounded perspective and he's very true to himself and authentic and uh and i think that came through in the interview so i'm excited for everybody to uh, to listen to it because i think it was really good
1: yeah so here it is Patrick Willis 8 year 49er linebacker future 49ers hall of famer maybe future professional football hall of famer
2: yeah maybe i'd imagine it. the niners are going to yeah. retire his number at some point here because nobody's won 52 yeah. since uh, yeah yes
1: yeah it feels like it feels like along with frank Gore that those are kind of de facto retired it would yeah. be well earned for sure absolutely absolutely all right let's get into it Right, Patrick Willis is here if you're listening to this podcast and you need a further introduction uh, that's that's on you frankly. Uh, um, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping on with us Patrick we really appreciate it man.
3: No, no, thank you guys for having me man honored to be on
1: Of course. Um, how, how you been what do you, what, uh, what you been up to? And what's what's a day in
3: a life of <laughs> what's of yeah Pilates what's, like what's right going now? on? <laughs> you, know, you know, most, most time when uh, when people ask, you know, I, I joke with them and I tell myself I I positive. I positively do nothing all day long, and they look at me like what? And I'm like, I absolutely positively <laughs> do nothing uh, all day long. But I mean, I would say that like jokingly. Like I, I mean, I, the game ended, but life goes on, and so you know, just trying to find my rhythm. Um, it's been, I guess, going on about eight years now. Crazy how fast time flies. But um, you know, I just try to take it in strides. Like, right? take it in strides and it ebbs and flows, but you know, I, mean, I can't complain too, too much. And I'm yeah, blessed to be well, where I am at this moment.
2: For sure. One one thing that's that's always fascinating about the NFL and and players, you know, as they go into their retirement, it, it just seems like such a change in lifestyle. Like you're used to such a day-to-day intensity. Um, even in the off season, when you're just getting your body ready to to get back to the regular season. And a lot of guys struggle with that adjustment to, you know, post NFL world. Um, and I know you unplugged, you even, you know, cut cable for, for a few years. Like, just what was that process like for you to disengage from the game? And, and ultimately, how has that helped you mentally?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be, um, you know, I wouldn't be truthful if I said I didn't, go through that transitional stage, um, even though, you know, it was me that made the decision, you know, to step away from the game when I did. I mean, it was something that I, I don't know if you can ever really, um, you know, prepare for it. You know, I've heard people say it's like kids, you know, it's, you think you prepared and then they get here and, you know, it's something totally different, you know, so, and it's different for each each person. But, you know, I can honestly say, you know, I see how guys can, you know, uh, go back. And that's no, um, that's no um, judgment to, to ones who do, you know, some feel like they can still play some, you know, it's like, I feel like it's the structure, the structure um, of having that each and every day uh, keeps you consistent. And when you retire, one of the things that I had to learn was that um, it was more to freedom than just financial stability. You know, I had to learn how to mentally like cope Uh, mentally you know like I said like walk again in a way think again in certain aspects and so it's been a journey and it was a process and again you know I just you know grateful to be where I am at this moment in time so.
1: (laughs) Was that something that you kind of prepared yourself for like you knew going into 2014 or as that 2014 season was going on that you were going to walk away Um, and did you kind of like start preparing yourself for that knowing that the transition wasn't going to necessarily be an easy one.
3: Yeah. You know, um, again, you know, I, I, I mean, since I retired, you know, I I couldn't say that I was prepared for the things that have, you know, happened um, per se, but mentally, you know, I feel like, you know, in order to play this game and to play at a high level, you know, you have to be mentally strong um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've had to lean on that um, at times and, no, I just remember um, you know making it when I made the decision. Um, only thing I could could remember if I could put it in a little bit of context was kind of like uh, the Lion King movie in a sense where he said, "You know the sun is setting on me, uh, me one day it's going to rise on you." And I, I, I began to feel that a little bit, and so I felt something you know right around right right around the horizon or on the horizon, and um, and when that time came. Um, you know, it was just a matter of being, you know, for me, it was a matter of just being honest with myself. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to to do. And, um, again, you know, I made the decision. And um, it's been eight years later. And, um, you know, when I look back, um, you know, it would have been nice to get, you know, 10 years, you know, just something about that 10 year. you know, used to be a wall at the Niners facility that, you know, you get to 10 years, you get to be on the wall and, I thought that was cool uh, to be able to one day maybe reach that. But, again, I always kind of understood that the NFL stood not for long. Uh, for me, when I was growing up, I, that's what I would always hear. And so I say, you know what, I'm going to get in one day, um, hopefully get to that get to that level, and I'm going to play the very best I can each and every play and, you know, I'll let the chips lay them me. May. So. Well-
2: one thing I, I've thought about, you know, asking you and and other, you know, great players from their respective eras, like in, in regards to this current Forty ers team, Steve Young came out and said it last week, and I think he mentioned Jerry Rice alluded to it too, that like maybe this current Forty ers team, and this was before the the Monday Night went over the Rams, but maybe they didn't have, you know, the dogs, the quote unquote dogs, and and making you know the making a clear differentiation between a, a good player and like a dog like a guy who is a tone setter and, and leads a team in your mind I mean you clearly were a dog on on a lot of really good teams, what separates just being a good player from a dog and how can that impact a locker room and, and impact winning and losing in the NFL.
3: Yeah, um, you know, man, this game is really interesting. You know, it's made up of different guys, you know, um, that do things, you know, um, extraordinarily well um, within doing the same thing that we all do within those 11 positions, offense, defense, and special teams. And so um, I feel like for me, um, it was just, it was a hunger. It was a hunger inside that, you know, um, that that I play with personally, you know, I can't speak for each other person, but we all have our purposes for being out there. And that was a hunger inside of me that, you know, whether it was, you know, a personal, um, um, you know, I just have to be the very best I can be. um, um, And or, you know, man, this is the difference between making sure that, you know, I can provide for my family um, at times when, you know, when the, when the time needs. So it was a little bit of everything. But I, I take it all back to say that at the end of the day, you have to find something that's uh, bigger than yourself. Um, and you you play for that. And for me, again, you know, I, I've always tried to be a team player, um, tried to, um, you know, be that kind of leader and say that, you know, I would not ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. and and most of the time, if not all the times, I'm willing to go first unless you just jump up there and want to take off or not. But I'm willing to go first and 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 put it out there. And so that was kind of what I played with. So to answer your question about the the dog and and then just your um, you know, I your <laughs> your dog and your common players. I, I I would say that when I was when I was growing up, one of the things, people asked me all the time, "Who was your favorite player?" And then there's the guys who you know I admired that played certain positions but one of the things as a kid I always paid attention to was I always would pay attention to the ones who would just be giving it their all and sometimes it wasn't always the one who they would talk about on tv it would be those you just see a certain number or you see this guy just getting after it and I'm like man I like that and so again one day you know I, I mean I always I I was told myself if I ever get that I want to be known as that guy that each and every play you know I'm, I'm coming with it I'm I'm hunting, and you know I did grow up in the south, so I know what it's like to, to go hunt for it. So, <laughs> so do you yeah. feel?
1: Do you feel like you accomplished
3: that? Um, you know, and um, truthfully, uh, I, I, in, in, in what in, in what context uh, when you say do I accomplish it, like just
1: like you said, just, you wanted to be one of those guys that just every play because I know watching you, like you were uh, as a forty nine er fan, you were like a formative player for me. Um, and I, I think I would say that like you, every play, it was a hundred percent for eight years. Is that something that you think that you personally, you said you wanted to go into the league and be one of those guys?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, man. I mean, it it also doesn't, it also helps too that, you know, each and every Monday after a game, we're going to sit and watch your film and coaches, your team, your your teammates, they're going to see if you're loafing because um, uh, you know we call it the honest guy don't lie and so um again I just um wanted to be that teammate that each and every play you know you knew that I was going to give you uh, my all and on top of that um you know I always had the mentality that um that, that I didn't get that far to to not you know leave leave a mark and so um again just man I'm I'm grateful for the for the time and and I'm grateful for those who was able to watch. I mean, again, my whole mindset was um, as a as a rookie. I remember saying like, you know, there's going to be people who are going to have opinions on who they think are the best. And because I, you know, I've always heard it, but I said I didn't want I didn't want to allow myself to get caught up in who statistically, you know, people say if you didn't have this, if you didn't have that. I said I just wanted to be able to look in the mirror when that time came. And be able to be honest with myself and say, man, did you give it uh, everything you had? And I feel like I really, I really did uh, to the point of where, you know, I was, it was time to, you know, step to the <laughs> side or whatnot. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do, I do, I feel in my deepest of core, I do. Now, there's always little things here and there you wish you could have done better or maybe, you know, capitalized on, but, you know, that's part of the journey.
2: One one guy, it seemed like that that rubbed off on especially was was Navarro Bowman, and mm. and linebacker is kind of a unique position to where you know there's offensive linemen and defensive linemen who get to play next to guys all the time, but those guys aren't flying around and making plays all over the field, and and there's there, there's some unique about a pair of linebackers, just sort of with you know, the way they can make plays deep or the way they can fill running lanes or whatever. They're sort of the guys who do a little bit of everything on defense. And you and Bowman formed just one of arguably the best, you know, linebacking duos of all time. And I'm just curious, like, well, that what that was like for you for being like the guy at linebacker to all of a sudden be like, man, we got another really good guy here. Like now (laughs) we can now we can take this to a different level. Like what was that like for you throughout your career?
3: Yeah, you you just said it, Um, you know, Navarro is, um, was a heck of a player, you know, he's retired now and um, was a heck of a player and he was already uh, an intangible, um, you know, good linebacker himself, you know, just stand alone. And you take someone who have very similar attributes as we did, stature, you know, ability to play, I mean, there's certain things he's done extremely well. Um, better than I did in the things I feel like, you know, I, I've done extremely well um, also. But I feel like we complemented each other really well. Uh, with that being said, you know, we were very grateful, too, to have um, a great, great defensive line in the sense that, man, we really worked together. Um, a lot of us was together for a long time um, in that defensive line. And it takes, you know, linebackers can be extremely well, I mean, good. But to have a defensive line that you can work with, the linebackers as well. I mean, that really opens up for some great linebacker play. And, just, again, just giving our, you know, God-given abilities already and that just working and grinding along with the defensive line, man, it was something special. Like, it really was. Um, with that being said, you know, I was fortunate. I've been fortunate in my time um, to have some, you know, players who i played with that really helped me uh, being a young guy um, who really were able to, you know, take the take the, the egos to the side and say, you know what, like, um, what can I do to help him be better so he can help the team? And that was the mentality that, you know, um that I, I tried to try to um um possess and, and try to uh, walk with each day. Um so it so it didn't matter whether, you know, he had a you know a, an amazing game. Um statistically wise, uh, we was winning. Um and he was having fun, we were having fun. And, you know, that that was the bigger picture. So that's how you know, we was able to really again just barely enjoy inside and out from playing and doing it to really just, you know, um being able to look back on it and be like, man, we really did enjoy it and, and like rock the house. I mean, it's been amazing to, you know, get a Super Bowl um, you know, with that team and especially that defense, because I really felt like we had one of the, we, we had one of the best, I'm not going say the best defense. I was, uh, you know, again, it's always opinions. I'm not even saying we were, <laughs> but I mean, we, we, we played pretty good, good defense, man. And um, yeah. So playing Navarro was something special.
1: And hey, we got to talk about tick pick because the 49ers are back in the thick of the playoff race and they're on the road in Jacksonville for week 11 But if they win that game, they're at 500 and they're coming home to face the Minnesota Vikings who are going to be right there with them in the playoff chase. And that game in week 12 at Levi Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings could go a long way toward determining uh, playoff seating and whether one of those teams either does or does not get into the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Players talked about it, how awesome the fans were on Monday Night Football And the Niners are going to need that in week 12 against a good Minnesota Vikings team. Chris, I actually used TickPick over the weekend when I was in Arizona. I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine and we didn't have a plan. That was our running bit is that I went and visited him in Arizona. We didn't have a plan. We're hanging out and we're sitting there Saturday night. We're like, hey, the Cardinals are at home tomorrow. Let's go (laughs) Panthers in town. Cam Newton on the sideline. We didn't know Cam was going to play. Like yeah, let's go. Let's go hang out and watch watch Cardinals Panthers. And he goes, okay, well I'll check and see tickets. Well, I said I got this, so I went to TickPick. I looked at it and found great prices. And I told him, hey, here's how much the tickets are. It's just getting the door, you know. We don't we don't need to sit on the fifty yard line or anything. Just getting in the door. And he said, okay, but what's like the actual price? So what are you talking about? That's the price. And he said, no no no, after all the fees and stuff, like how much is this going to cost me? And I said, dude, this is TickPick, bro. They've eliminated the fees. This price I'm showing you is the price that it is. We're going to go sit in there and we're going to drink expensive beer and we're going to watch PJ uh, Walker and Cam Newton light up the Cardinals. I didn't say that because I didn't know Cam was going to play, but you get it. That's what we ended up doing. It was an incredible time. And you can have that same incredible time at Levi Stadium in week 12 when the 49ers host the Minnesota Vikings, if you just go to Tick Pick. They've eliminated all those service fees that make the tickets so much more expensive than they look. It is the best ticket buying experience that you can have. If you can find better prices for the same seats on a different ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. And you can visit tickpick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's right. Hit up TickPick.com slash Candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Uh, one of the guys you played with your rookie year, it was his final year, Bryant Young, uh, just went into the 49ers Hall of Fame. Do you have any memories of playing with him?
3: <laughs> By man, that's, that was, that's I call him the general. Um, when I first got into the to the NFL, By was one of the, when I first got drafted to the 49ers, you know, he was one of those um, guys that I, I always kind of knew early on, um, being young in life. You know, if you pay attention to the elders, or, uh, the elders, you know, you can learn a little bit. You know, you don't mean you have to take everything they do, but you can learn some things. And i mean, never forget being my first week at training camp and asking a million questions like I do whatnot. and um, I remember talking to B.Y. And um, one of the things he left when he said, youngster, just take care of your body no matter how long you play, just take care of it and um, get your massages. But one play in particular that I do remember, we was playing against the St. Louis Rams. And we was playing him at home. And i never forget um, B-Y done a club. He had this powerful, like this club move that he would do, like where he would step, step and club you. And man, I saw him hit uh, offensive guard and just completely deplete him, like as if he was like like, like a bowling ball, like a bowling pin, like when you see bowling pin fall over, that's what he did to him. And I never forget saying to myself, like this is my rookie year, I said, me, I was like, holy shit, man. I said these are grown men. Like, these are grown men out here. Like, that's what that's what I was thinking in my head. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm on his side. I'm good. I'm on I'm on defense. So <laughs> that was my most fond memory, like, you know, about BY. And I, like I said, just a amazing teammate um uh, as well. So congratulations to him going into the San Francisco's um Hall of Fame um enshrinement.
2: Another notable teammate you had was Frank Gore. And obviously, mm. somebody, somebody, you know, like in training camp, you get to you know <laughs> do blitz, pickup drills against, and all of that. And Frank was always known for for his pass blocking and, and things like that. Mm. But what was it like going up against Frank in, in practice, and and also just what kind of teammate was he, and how did he help you get better as uh, as a running back to linebacker?
3: Yeah, yeah, Frank. Um, for, first and foremost, man, one of the, one of the best teammates. You know, I've. I've ever had, and I've had, you know, a bunch of them. Um, Frank uh, just, man, he had, he got that dog in him that you was actually about earlier. Like, it's it's that heart. It's that that hunger to just, you know, whatever it be, if it's, you know, prove the world wrong, like, he has something, you know, special in him, has something special in him. And so each time we had opportunity to compete against one another, i never forget my rookie year. Like, he was, man, he really, he really made it tough out there to train count. Right in training camp. for the first couple of years, and then, you know I started being able to settle down and realize, like you know, what my competition is not trying to you know beat the heck out of Frank or not, but it's you know it's just getting better. But he um, pushed me any time we had a chance to go against one another. And then on top of that, I was running back in high school, and you know I was pretty decent. You know I won eight ball, but you know hey, you know I take it. <laughs> uh, and um, and just you've been on the team with Frank and to watch him make some of the runs he made and not being the very biggest or. Even the very fastest with lightning speed, it was, again, just the way he ran the ball. Uh, Walter Payton was one of my favorite running backs. Um, is my favorite running back of all time, along with Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders and, and other guys. But, you know, Sweetness had a name. Sweetness because of how he moved with the ball and how he ran. And Frank, I'm telling you, man, for those – I don't know how many years he got, 17 years. I think he's finally shutting it down this year. But it wasn't a time that he – you know, that I, I don't remember that I – Coach talking that that their offense on the field. And I'm I'm kind of you know I'm looking at the play, uh, looking at our defensive play and then corrections, but looking up there like, come on Frank, I know you're finna bust one. I know you're finna bust one. <laughs> Boom, and there he goes. You know, and so man, just playing with guys like those. I mean, um, along with some other guys, you could go on for days. I mean, Frank, you know, like I said, just he's right up there.
1: Um, was there ever a point? I know I, I want to talk about your entrepreneurship and stuff, and I know you're up to your neck and and stuff like that, but was there ever a point immediately after retiring that you felt like man, i I could have gone one more year?
3: Um you know, um honestly, answering that question, it wasn't that I could not absolutely go. Um, that was never the thing. The thing was me truly being honest to my to my heart and my soul, Um, meaning that, you know, I I once heard Bob Marley say when I was younger, you know, he would always say he said this famous thing. I don't know where he got it from, but he said, you know, what's to gain the world, uh, but lose your soul in the the process. And, you know, I don't want to get too technical on it, but. At one point in time, the innocence, and I was just talking to an older gentleman the other day. The innocence of me playing a game was, man, you couldn't tell me anything outside of you know football, and I wouldn't care. You know, I was just all about you know ball. Like life outside there didn't didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, that that had began to you know change uh, in a way. And long story short, back when I was telling y'all uh, again, when I uh, when I was a rookie. I remember asking some of the older guys, I said, how do you know when it's time to retire? And, you know, when I asked three of the older guys, Jeff Ulbricht, um, Brian Young, and Brandon Moore, I think it was, and maybe Derek Smith. And none of them gave me the answer. I feel like none of them gave me the answer I was looking for. They were all <laughs> going around it. And I was like, well, man, I've always just enjoyed playing the game. Like, I really love playing, like, football. Um, and then on top of that, you tell me that you can make a salary, you know, being really good at what you do. I'm like, shit, man, that's alignment right there. Like, you know, if I can get this right, you know, hell yeah, excuse me. lady, But so um um uh, I sent I sent all that to say, sent all that to say, um it was never about me not being able to continue to go. It was just knowing how I play the game. And I play the game with passion, with heart and with joy. And I just felt like, you know, um, I that I told myself when I no longer had the passion to play, when I no longer had the energy to give my teammates everything I have and most importantly, when these feet went out, like I knew it would be time to, you know, step to the side because, you know, without my without my feet, you know, my I've had my hands banged up, you know, and clubbed up and still was able to go out there and move and with my feet, you know, without those, you know, um, it's 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 not really a me per se and and my last thing and i haven't said it a whole lot but my right toe was just as bad as my left toe and i never forget um you know kind of having some words with the doctor or not and i'm just thinking to myself like man i'm gonna get my left toe fixed and now i'm gonna go out here and god forbid we on turf and it was it was mentally starting to work, you know, and that's when I was like, you know what, this is this is not me. And I just began to feel that and so just again, just being honest like with myself or not, um, it was one of the things where yeah, that was things like I said, to get those two years, to get those to get that ten year mark would have been amazing, especially with one team. But unfortunately, you know, um eight was but I was able to get in and I'm just Gave it everything I have and microphone like look back um, and be uh, people can say wow, you know. So What's your
2: favorite uh your favorite NFL memory? Your favorite point memory Your favorite <laughs> game uh, with, with the 49ers, something that you'll you'll look back on and like smile about it every time you, you think about it?
3: Man, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. Um, and I wish I could, you know, wish I had something that was like a banger, but I still always go back to this one when, when people ask me uh this question. Uh it was it was two. Uh, one was when I very first got drafted to the 49ers. I had the I had the 49ers at the senior bowl and uh, and man coach Singletary was whew he was rough man. That whole week was rough. I remember being like I man, I'm like, I don't think he wants us to get drafted, man. What's going on? Like he's trying to kill us here, you know, and um, and so I just never forget when they called my phone on draft day. Uh, I, I just remember on draft day saying the prayer that I prayed and one of the things I was saying was I just remember being like, I don't want to go anywhere with these high taxes and man, I don't want to go out there with co-signatory and where you got them bag drills <laughs> I ain't gonna be cuz I ain't gonna be able to make it in practice. Like man, I gonna have, I'm gonna be dead. So um so that that was the very first one and the next one was would be it's one thing, man, when you've been losing. Um, you know, uh, you find out a lot about a, a person, about a team when they're losing and they're not doing so well. And I remember going through that phase, those first four years of just, man, that was rough. I mean, I had it in college. I was losing after my rookie, after my freshman year, three straight losing seasons. I get to the NFL, and I'm like, man, we're about to win now. It's the NFL. And boom, four straight seasons of just, you giving everything you have and getting your head beat in, head beat in. And all of a sudden, that 2011 season, when it, you know, it was like the big turnaround the lockout was, you know, people thought we were going to come in and be the same old tired Niners and came in and was balling, but that we played against the um, Philadelphia Eagles and they got out on us on the very first um, hat, like very early in the half or not first half got out on us and whoa, it was like, like, I almost like, Holy shit. I think it was like a fourth. And it was anyways, we go into the locker room and I've been so used to, you know, trauma is, a, is, a, is a, it's tough, man. I've been so used to always, you know, in the first four years coming in and, finger-pointing, whether it be teammates, whether it be coaches on coaches, like players. I was always so used to that, and so, you know, having to be a one, is kind of like, you oh, know, it's going to be good, y'all. Like, it's going to be all right, you know, having to trying to calm everybody down, you know, trying to be that young leader, you know, and just going through those times. For the first time, we had a coaching staff and players who were like, nobody was pointing the finger. It was almost like we, we were just in shock where we didn't know what to do, or it was just, we were so used to coaching. Like I said, and i never forget Harbaugh, um, uh, we're going over to our defense, uh, defense offensive side and um, we talk it out and everybody's like, you know what? My linebacker coach Levin is like, you know, we got ourselves in the tougher, but we're going to get ourselves out of it. And just the positivity and just how it was, i never forget. And I went back out there that second half and played ball, played that type of ball. And we ended up coming back and winning that game. Um, and and uh, you know what? All right, the last piece, man, Michael Vick. Keep going. Tack- tackling, tackling Michael Vick that game, like, because I grew up, you know, watching Michael Vick, you know, being young in high school, seeing him in college and then seeing him in the pros and, you know, and, and then to see him, you know, get back, with the, get back into the league. And, man, being a fan of i never forget. He broke out to the side. Navarro made an echo attack on him in open field. And I remember being like, holy shit, bro, you you doing it like that? Like, he, he got Michael <laughs> Vick in open field. using Vick to shake you out your – Shake <laughs> out your tail, I mean, shake out your shoes. And so I never forget. He takes the ball and they're going around the right side. And I'm like, oh man, this is this is my moment. I'm like, either, either if Michael Biggs finna outrun me. Like, you know, I know he had the young Michael Big but that's okay. Like he out there on that field. I can say that like, man, I ran and I and I got him. I never forget I tackled him, tackled him out of bounds, whatnot, it took everything I had to get to him, though. I ain't gonna lie, I was remember being like, Whew, I don't know. If we had, if they were to hurry up, I, I probably had to come out the field or something. I can't breathe right now. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was a, um, that was, that was a thrill. Um, just you know, that whole game itself, tackle Michael Vick, and all right, last one, last one, last one, <laughs> That
2: was so the, play, the I guess, Justin Smith yeah. fumble game.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember that, that was huge, man. Oh, yeah. That was a huge, huge game. Um, that's when I knew the Cowboy. I mean, Cowboy's already always legit, but man that right there I was like, man, I'm so sure glad you on outside, man. I like playing with you. Um <laughs> um, um what was the other one? I always playing against the, the Green Bay um Packers. All right, it's the last one. Playing against no, I'm sorry, playing against the um um uh, Vikings at the time. Playing against the Vikings and Brett Favre was on that team. And earlier that year, I think it was either in preseason we had like a little gut blitz we're never really supposed to blitz and come through you, ain't, you know at that point in time you know you're not really supposed to be don't want to hit nobody hard and plus it's Brett Favre and but I come through and boom we kind of just give him a hard push and he hit the ground it was like oh and I felt so I felt so bad I was like oh man I really didn't want to it's preseason man I didn't want to do that to you and you kind of old and everything you know and that's just you know, that's what was going through my head when all that happened now we're in the season and we playing them there and i never forget, I come through on a blitz, a gut blitz, and they ran a screen. And I had a play where it happened to me earlier in my career when I, like, at that time, what, early, a year before, or uh, two or whatnot. And I thought, like, oh, man, I better stop. Brett Favre pumped the ball like he was throwing a screen. It, it, it was so open. And any time you usually you get a gap that's wide open, it's either a screen or it's, it's a counter coming. And I know or, or when we say screen oh shit, cause you like you come through you like, I'm gonna give you like oh shit. And I turn around, he pump fake he pumped fake the ball and I turn around and I didn't see the screen. I remember being like, oh shit. And I turn around, he's had he still had the ball in his hand and he threw it, get the first down, and my coach man went crazy on me. <laughs> coach Coach Manusky went crazy on me. I know if you get being like, this old man got me. So anyways, man, that, that was, that was one amongst like many other ones that, um, that are out there. So yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. Those are great. Man, that was...
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you're up to now. Uh, I know you're working with coach tube, something that's really taken off here in the pandemic is uh, at home learning kind of becomes more of a, becomes more of a, uh, commonality. Can talk to us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. CoachTube is is an online coaching platform, and I kind of got involved in CoachTube in 2017, I believe it was, because for me, when I retired, I remember saying, I don't want to do anything. that I have to get on a plane and be traveling all the time. Like, how can I, you know, still be able to share knowledge and give back knowledge without having to tire myself out and get on a plane? And um, a friend introduced me to uh, Wade, the owner of uh, Coach Tube and I just done my due diligence and just after talking to him, one of the things I really, really liked most about him was his whole reasoning for kind of starting this whole platform in the first place was to be able to provide a place for, uh, for athletes who may not be able to afford, um, you know, great coaching or afford coaching period and to uh, give them a place to be able to go to and, and check out different um sports, um, and learn, uh, different things. And so that was something that was, you know, very unique for myself growing up in the background where, you know, um, I wouldn't have been, I would have been one of the ones that couldn't afford that extra coach, personal coach, but, you know, to have access to something such as coach to, to where I could learn, you know, would have been phenomenal. So, um, that's, you know, what I really love most about it. And I got a course on there. I got a, I got a, um, one course of an i don't know what I'm trying to say um i have a little bit on there I'm looking to do hopefully in the future a little bit more um but um you know i i, I think right now at this very moment we're actually about to grow it to the to coach 2 2.0 we call it so oh. um so yeah yeah so I'm very um, excited about that which i don't know if I should have mentioned that but i think it's kind of out there or not but Um, Yeah, looking forward to some of those things. I know we have um, some current uh, with NIL, uh, with the new NIL Um, in college. We have a couple of college players that have done some courses. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to, again, like that's kind of new to the platform. So, yeah, it's it's growing. And I'm just happy to be, you know, part uh, of it from an ambassadorship and investor side
2: well that's great man thank you so much for your time this that that was a lot of a lot of great stuff and um really enjoyed hearing your stories and it was great covering you man i got i got i I was able to be there the last few years of your career and uh you're always super super helpful with the media and super professional and and we all appreciated that and i think the fans appreciate hearing your voice and, and everything like that so thanks again for coming on and uh we really appreciate you bro
3: no no I I appreciate it man and hey and you guys can also uh I got my I got a little project right now it would be my first um uh so I, the entrepreneurial world that I got in was philanthropy and um I'm I'm missing the word philanthropy and humanitarian uh, type of work or not and so I am doing my first uh or second with the Winkers mind but this would be my first the Winkers Mind Youth Foundation um, uh, uh, project, and hopefully December third, we'll be having the ribbon cutting for that. It'll be I'm putting in a um, with partner with Greenwood to do a uh, a park. Uh, so do weights in the park whatnot? not? So free weights we're putting in the park or not? Oh, so cool. like a little workout facility, really which cool. is called it's going to be called P Willy uh, P Willy Fit Zone Forty Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, 42 is my high school number and we're doing it back in my hometown so um, yeah so looking forward to completing that hopefully December 3rd or the 4th will be the cutting and uh, yeah man so just again just grateful to be here uh, thank you to you know you guys thank you to all the fans who have uh, supported and so love that I've met and haven't met and to all, you know, all the best, man. So thank you. Right back at you, man. Appreciate it.
1: Sure, yeah, we appreciate uh, you, man. Thank you.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: All right, guys, that's Patrick Willis, and uh we will
2: talk to you guys later on in the week.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. I and mean, if you have a lot of mailing to do,